0: The Real Estate Sessions podcast is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising for real estate brilliantly simple. Promote your brands, promote your listings, learn more at adworks.com. That's A-D-W-E-R-X.com, adworks.com. Welcome
1: to the Real Estate Sessions and join industry
2: leaders as they share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Risser of Chicago Title Arizona.
0: Our guest on episode 37 is not shy and really pulls no punches. Uh, no, it's not an encore from Lee Brown in North Carolina. It's actually Scott <laughs> own Jeff Seabach. I loved
2: C. her, by the way. She was phenomenal. That's I mean, great. dude, I, I, I'm going to Inman. Connect in San Francisco. I, I hope to get to meet her because she was
0: sensational. Yeah, yeah. Make sure that I love her spunk. Oh, make sure it happens. Yeah. So, so Jeff is uh, joining us here. He's with the Seabock team at Realty One Group in Scottsdale. Jeff has built one of the top teams in the state, utilizing what I think is unique. It's state-of-the-art digital strategies combined with, let's call it, top-notch after-the-sale service for his past clients. And so. The Seabuck team is, I think it's over 20 people uh, now, and uh, go, growing strong. I'm looking forward to hearing Jeff's story. Jeff, welcome to the Real Estate Sessions podcast.
2: Bill, I mean, awesome to be on a, you know, a, a technologically advanced program <laughs> with you. Uh, I mean, you're you're an icon in the industry. I'm like looking at your podcast, and I'm like, holy cow, what am I going to do to raise the roof a little here?
0: Icon, awesome. Well, let's get into your story. I really like, you know. I do some digging and you've heard me say that before, but you have a really cool background that I, d- I didn't know about until I decided to get you on here. And you grew up in a town called Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, which yep. is also known as the Switzerland of America or the gateway to the Poconos. That, yep. That's all true. Is Jim Thorpe all true. Buried there? What's that story?
2: Yeah. So all right. so the story on Jim Thorpe is this, is that, so first of all, he's buried three blocks from my mom's house where, I spent, oh, from 13 years old and older, she still lives in that house. And by the way, it's a three bedroom, one bath half house. I called her and I'm like, mom, I can't sell a three bedroom, one bath house anymore. Right? Like we need, <laughs> there's a demand for more bedrooms. Anyway, but uh, so it was formerly called Mock Chunk. And um, the Indian tribe that Jim Thorpe was a part of was looking for someone to, I don't know, if, I don't think it's commemorate his death, but to memorialize, him and, and a town that would change their name and make him, you know, um, the name of the town now and did, Mark Chung said, We're in, we'll do it. We'll do it. Like you got to bury him there and there's a memorial yeah. and it's got like multiple plaques. I mean, this guy was the, um, he was a decathlete, he played professional baseball, professional football, and he was voted by the sports writers of the first half of the century. The number one athlete, Babe Ruth, was number two, but the sports writers of the second half of the century voted Babe Ruth ahead of him, which is kind of contrary because they never saw each of them play. Right. So the ones that saw him play said that he was one of the greatest athletes ever.
0: So. Now, is he from Pennsylvania? Uh-uh. No. He's not, right? No, he's from Oklahoma. Yeah. So, so he's from Oklahoma, but somebody in Pennsylvania agreed to rename their town, so they did everything there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he had spent some time there. He, I think he played professional football for one of the teams there, or professional sense. baseball. Sorry, it's been a while since I've thought about those things. Um, but yeah, he he, he was uh, in the area, and that's why they went around and yeah.
0: So why Switzerland of the America verse?
2: Oh, because uh, it has a f- when you it's built on a hill. So there's like one light at the bottom. There's like 6,500 people. But when you drive into town, you come in between the mountains. And during fall foliage season, it's got all the different colors of the leaves, like lots of oak trees and, you know, your, your yellows and your oranges and your greens. and your And it's just absolutely gorgeous. There's a river that runs through it. We used to get drunk and go down. Um, fun stuff. So. <laughs>
0: right. Now, did you, did you grow up playing sports there? Cause I know, I'm no football. I did. In
2: right? Yeah. I, well, oddly enough, I, uh, I played baseball as a kid and then I played for the, the Jim Thorpe, you know, football team, the Olympians, Nice. Um, cause <laughs> he was an Olympic, Olympic athlete, right? Was a right.
0: Olympic.
2: And, uh, he, uh, but I also was a big in the hunting. So uh, I was an archer, so we used to go around and shoot competitions, archery. I was really into that.
0: So. Okay, so as
2: you... But uh, my my uncles were all into it. The whole family was into it, so it kind of swept me away from sports. But then I, as I got older, I wanted to get back into it. I wish I would have spent more time doing it, but,
0: you know, it is what it is. And then. So you stay in state to go to college. You are a very proud Nittany Lion. And I have got to tell you, yeah. every Penn State alum I've ever met has this incredible loyalty to that school. And I, I know that, um, I want you to talk about that for a little bit because it's, it's uh, I, you know, I, I hate to watch. Oh, I yeah, know you're I smiling.
2: I mean, I I hike Pinnacle Peak almost every single day. And when people, they wear their Penn State garb coming up the mountain, I, I always say, we are, because that was like in Penn State, you know, they you would respond Penn State. and right. But sometimes they're they're like shocked because they don't know this crazy man's coming down and going to yell, we are, and they're supposed to respond, you know, Penn State. Then I hear them like, like ten seconds later, like
0: Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You you graduated from Penn State. I'm I'm wondering, do you hope your children end up going there? If would you be proud if they? I'm again? trying. I, want to go to Penn I mean,
2: State. I I I was like, well, maybe because the outstate tuition is so much more in Pennsylvania, I was like, maybe I'll send my son to live with my mom in Pennsylvania. But um, I'm trying to raise him as a local boy. I would like it. it's just far. My my wife would kill me. If yeah. he went to Penn State, because yeah. it'd be really far from her, and I don't know, Lynn wouldn't be too happy. But uh, we're, we're I would love that. it if he went
0: there. We're dealing with that right now. Our son did go to ASU, but he's doing his grad school work in Syracuse. So, oh, and that's I've our only child. Syracuse. So yeah. yeah, cool place. Yeah, it's very
2: cool. yeah. No, I got lost in Syracuse. They, uh, the one summer my roommate from college was in Syracuse, and he yeah. uh, uh, it was actually Cleveland, New York, which is adjacent to Syracuse. And I was training for a triathlon at the time, and I got lost. I ran. I, ran, I was supposed to go around a circle, and I got lost in just outside of Syracuse, New York. So I ran 19 miles. I was like,
0: "Damn!
2: Wow! <laughs> I was really lost.
0: Yeah. Well, I
2: tried to turn around, and I couldn't. I was like, I just kept running. I was like, Shh. but uh,
0: obviously yeah. somebody found you, so that's it's all good. It's all good.
2: Yeah, no, I made it back. I was just tired.
0: Yeah. So you gotta have a, you you went to Penn State. You gotta have a Joe Pa story. Everybody who went there, you had to run into them. Was there something? Okay, well, all right. I'll Let give you a Joe that. Pa story. Sure. course.
2: Are you kidding me? I love stories. Sure. So uh, here's my Joe Pa story. So um, I um had a a scholarship or two, but I had to mostly pay my way through school. I worked pretty much full time all the way through school. So I worked for like I didn't want to go to school, but I so I worked for Penn State catering. So. Um, this is my, I don't know, my beginning of my junior year, I guess, and um, I'm setting up and for the after party, and I, what I didn't realize is we were like at his co- you know cousin's house or his brother's house or whatever, and in walks Joe Pa, like straight for the cabinet, opens up, pulls out the Jack Daniels, puts a glass down, like doesn't say a word to anyone, like the house is full when they comes in, you know what I mean? And uh, he throws the shot down and he starts talking to people. It's just kind of funny because like they won by one point at like the end of the game. And it was a close one. <laughs> yeah. Very intense guy. Like it was just uh, and he was like iconic. Right. Like when oh. he walked in, like everybody was like, oh, oh, oh like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. He walked That's on cool. water.
0: I love that. So you uh, you graduate from there. And how do you end up relocating to Arizona? How to tell us, kind of give us that. By plane,
2: Bill, by (laughs) plane. Yeah, no. um, So I worked with um, my best friend at a high school. Um, We started a landscaping, snow removal business, and the small business didn't work out. And um, I needed to get away because I was caught up in small town politics and hanging out in bars and all that stuff a little bit too much after I graduated from college and I kind of just needed to extract myself because I needed to get, find a new land of opportunity. So my brother's best friend's brother worked at the Scottsdale Conference Center off of McCormick
0: Drive. Oh, well. And he Ross would come home,
2: yeah. He would. I'd see him, Brucey, hey Brucey, he's like, you gotta come visit me, you gotta come visit me. So one day I called him and I'm like, hey, I'm uh, gonna come visit you know, I'm going to come visit you Scott Scottsdale. Can I stay with you for a little while? He's always like, sure. Because they were always like, you can stay with me. Not a big deal. I called him. I'm like, he's like, when are you coming? I'm like, on Sunday. He's like, um, well, how long are you going to come for? I'm like, forever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
2: And that was it. So I got on a plane. I didn't have a car. And I I um I arrived here. And then uh, I ran the car for like two weeks. But then I rollerbladed to work for. You know, about you know I don't know four months or five months until I could uh, earn enough money to buy a car.
0: And you worked so, there, didn't you? Didn't you work at the Scottsdale Conference
2: Center? I did, but the funny thing was, is those guys were all married and they worked at the conference center. And then I ended up going down because I had a second job, and I went and got a job at the Plaza, and then the Radisson across the street. And I would work the Plaza, the restaurant in the morning, and the Radisson restaurant at night because uh, you don't have a car, you're it's hard to you know get around so then i would just it also was. it was not as hot to rollerblade during the day so in the morning at 6 30 i'd rollerblade over and it wasn't too sunny in that night and it wasn't so bad because it it's hot
0: when yeah. you got here so yeah so how did you become a realtor then talk 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 to us about that part of your story
2: yeah um two things one the guy i worked for in pennsylvania was real real estate entrepreneur he was actually voted 1992 pennsylvania real estate entrepreneur he built three commercial buildings and netted a million dollars in nine months. And they said that was good. So they gave him the award. That was awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he said, you gotta know some people, it's better if you know some people before you get into real estate. So when I moved here, I was just working on getting to know people. And then I worked for a software corporation called uh, sales logic or best software. Um, and the GM walked in my office one day and said, um, we gotta cut your salary. I had gone on the incentive trip the last two years prior to that. And he said, um, I said, well, cause I knew on the incentive trip the year before there was like 18 people on the trip. And then the last, final year, there was only three. It was me, the vice president of sales and the president of the company that went on the trip. Cause it was going into like um, 2001 when we, when all the crap happened. And he's like, you know, the GM the next day could, or Nick, a couple weeks later, comes into me in the beginning of 2000, I think it was 2003. He said, um, "We got to cut your compensation basically by 35 percent." I'm like, "I'm doing my job." I'm like, "I don't, I don't think that you should cut my compensation." He said, "Well, we are." And at that day, I was like, I had already got my license. I um, had sold my house, and I'm like, "Screw it! I'll just be a realtor. I don't want to. I don't want. I didn't want to have a boss because I, I did not like that they could. I'm like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do." But because the other people in the organization aren't doing what they should are supposed to be doing doesn't mean I should get a, a cut in pay. I and mean, right. honestly, that's what pushed me. I, so I worked for six months on the side, selling real
0: estate. I sold $3 million. in the next six months. I put it all in the bank, and then I left. Wow. So <laughs> did were you already – did you have your license with John Hall at the time, John Hall & Associates? Oh, no. I was uh,
2: Dan Schwartz.
0: Oh, on Camelback. Sure.
2: I had one year, yeah, with uh, – with, uh, I can't think of his name right now.
0: Try to think Dance of the broker, towards, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, the broker. Well, no, the bro- broker uh, was. Uh, yeah, I was trying to think of the guy that supported me. Super guy. I ran into him like 15 years later. He's still in the business. Nice. But uh, sorry, I couldn't give him a shout out. I can't think of his name offhand. He was. He was a good, good support. But then my buddy worked for John Hall. So when I went full time, he's like, "Well, come." And I worked on his team and um and then in about a year and a half i started out producing and i'm like i don't think i need to be on your team anymore right right if i'm selling more houses than you you know i appreciate the advice but you know i'm gonna try and give it a go on my own so i was but i was mentored by by you know by him for for a while and he helped me. actually he taught me some really valuable things so
0: so then uh, when you decide to leave that team is that when you made the switch
2: uh, no, I actually I made the switch from Dan Schwartz when I went when I when I went left full time. In uh, October two thousand thirteen or two thousand three, right. I left full time. I already had at that point then I moved over to John Hall.
0: So you had this background background of technology, right? In the with the, the software and the thing you used, sold that for a couple of years. So were you looking at the internet right away as a source of business? Were you kind of already thinking that way in 2003? Which, I mean, some agents...
2: Yeah, heard. I bought leads online in 2004.
0: So That, that um, early?
2: Wow. Yeah, realty, it was a realty track was who I was buying them from. I converted a lead for, they bought a house
0: for 780000 in 2004. How many realtors did you know that were doing that kind of thing back then? I didn't know a lot of realtors, so I just, uh, the guy
2: I knew knew technology and he, he was doing it and, or, you know, we were just trying, here's the thing is, is when you don't have a job and you're broke and you got, um, two new, two new kids and your wife doesn't work, you gotta make it happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And I, I mean, I worked for a technology company, so I was like, I, I need leads, dude. I, I had the sales background. I worked in sales for eight years. I'm like. Give me leads. I'm can. I. Uh, i going to put these, you know, I'm going to make this happen. Right. So, because, and this like leads into the whole idea of me in real estate. So I worked for a software company and I thought you had to know your product better for anything. So when these leads would come in and they're like, I need to find a house in Scottsdale. I would get in the car and go look at all the houses in their query. Like I build a query because I was good at the software. Right. right. Okay. 43 houses, get in the car, go look at all 43. And uh, I tell this story now, but it's a. Uh, There's this couple coming in from New York, and I had gone and looked at all the houses. And then they said, Well, we're coming in. And they said, "Um, We do want to let you know we are going to go out with you one day and another realtor another day because we want to see what they have and what you have. And they said, Here's some homes that we, here's the list of homes that they want to see. And I said, "Um, Can I? I, I don't if I get to can I choose which ones I show you and I said yeah we haven't called her yet I'm like okay cool I don't want to look at these three or four I want to look at these other three or four that may not be on your list right like so right. here's the eight that I want to show because I had seen all 43 and I had ranked them all right so I showed them the best eight and then she took them out and then she showed them right like cause there was a house that was spectacular but it backed to a power line like it was in Greyhawk it was underneath the power lines and I'm like they're not going to buy that house. I mean, it's like, you can hear the intensity off the lines, right? The hum, but it was a gorgeous yeah. house. So I'm like, Hey, let her show her this one. Right. right. <laughs> like, you know, so, cause they, cause they were picking them out. But I mean, at that time there was only five photos on the internet, right? Flex and less only had five photos. So you, they couldn't really get a good feel. So they come in, they go out with me on Friday. They go out with her next day. They call me at like 5:15. They're like, Hey, we're going to go with you. And I'm like, why? And they're like, your houses were better. I'm like, no shit.
0: <laughs> that's great. Right. Yeah. So you, yeah. That 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 flows into your the way you do business today and the way you talk to your team about.
2: Well, because it's it. a, that's just what we
0: did. That's how you do it. That's, that's do all. It. Right. So yeah. when when did you make the decision to go with a team, right? Because I, when I first met you, John Hall and Associates was still John Hall and Associates. I think I came up there and did some kind of session at the Tatum office, and you were there. Asking a lot of really tough questions. Thanks a lot for that. But um, yep. yeah. So when was that, you think? Yeah, it's probably 2010, maybe. 10? So you didn't really have mm-hmm. the position rolling then yet, right? You no, it was me, me and
2: an assistant. I had my first assistant was hired in 2005 because I remember going to like a Rush Shaw seminar or something. Yeah. And they're like, well, if you're going to be a rock star agent, you need an assistant. I'm like, well, got to get one of those. Right. Right. So, cause I, did, I, I just needed someone to set up all the houses that I was going to see, cause I, I was focused on making sure I saw all the houses. Um, I, I didn't really though, I stayed with one assistant through all the dark years and all that stuff. I use yeah. the dark years cause Chris Smith calls it the dark years. I like that. But uh, the the tough time, well, cause it's better than saying the recession, right. that's like an ugly word and I, I agree with him there. But uh, in 2011, I added a second person to help negotiate short sales, but it wasn't until Actually, it was 2010, 2011. It wasn't until 2011, late in the year, I added my first buyer's agent. He's still with me, Alex Lebouton. And then it was like, okay, I, there was a gentleman. It was a lender. His name was Todd Bookspan. That was because I was working too many hours, blogging myself. I was doing all the web generation myself. I was doing all the social media myself. I was going to the classes, and I was just frankly working too much. But uh, when I came out and with the website in 2000, late 2010, 2011, the business started to really pick up. And then I was like, wow, I need someone else to, I just, I couldn't get the leads. And I was just like, there's just too many leads and we're not getting a hold of, you know?
0: So you, you continue to grow. And um, I think it's safe to say that adding Phil Sexton to the team was kind of a key part of your, uh, your growth. Would you agree with that statement? Obviously.
2: Yeah, (laughs) no, no doubt. I mean, I mean, Phil is a superstar I mean his it was a hard decision for me because he, he was expensive um, the because I don't know many people that have an internet marketing manager and operations manager on their real estate team actually I don't, I don't I think I could be the first in the country possibly um yeah I don't know I I've never heard of anyone having something like that on their team but I was doing it all myself and first I hired a, a, a social media gal then I hired a web gal And then I was looking for a realtor to do what I do so that I could do the stuff myself. So I was like, okay, well, I'll do all that. And then when I was interviewing realtors and searching around, I just wasn't, I mean, I, you know, I was only attracting the realtors that, that weren't killing it. And I was like, I need somebody stronger to lead the, you know, if you're going to do listings and buyers, you know, like I need a strong personality and I couldn't find someone that was going to fill that role. And then I was like, oh man, all right. So. But I love Phil. He was, you know, he would come into the John Hall meetings and talk, and we'd have lots of conversation, and he had great ideas. So then I was like, okay, well, I'll try you part time, right? Because fortunately, he would, I had came up with this idea. It was all serendipitous because I came up with this idea to create leads for other agents. I'd create them little websites in different cities, and I started, and I called it um, RelFi and I went to talk to Phil about it. And I'm like, Phil, what do you think of RelFi? where I called it real estate leads from the internet and um, I started providing leads and then he started like consulting for me and then then I was like okay actually I think this is a good fit and but then because then I was generating 2,500 people to our website a month at the time when he came over roughly about that I mean I was starting now as a hundred leads 110 leads a month I was creating I was like you know then I had a second agent and I was it was like between 18 and 25 million and I'm like I there's no way I can do this so first of all my wife's gonna hate me right like if I keep up at this pace I needed someone else and then I was like okay I'll offer him a partnership in the business so that um, I could have someone that's committed because um, but I just then I was like okay we can make this I mean I was the goal is 300 million I'm like we can get there, but I can't get there alone, and I needed a partner, and he's just been spectacular.
0: Yeah, and you're on your way there now, which is it's fun to watch. I mean, it's it's, it's been incredible. Tell me, what, what's the uh, what's the makeup of your team now? How many how many admin, How many agents? Where are you at at the moment? Now, you- well,
2: we just trimmed it from 26 to 21 or 20. Uh, we started instituting standards. Cool. Okay. That was cool. Yeah. Right. Like production, yeah. you know, commitment. Yep. Uh, it's been really good. But so 21 agents last year in our production, I think mostly eight, eight agents contributed to the 95 million, I think number. Um, but then we got 14 contractors. So the number was, I think at 42 or 43, but then we cut back and think it was 37 or 36 wow. total people. Wow. Yeah, but I mean we do a lots of stuff. We do, I do coaching. We have, um, and then we also build websites for agents. So right, we We're have gonna... some people, different things. I mean there's. Yeah they're all kinds of independent contractors. I mean, it's a, it's a, to me, it's a true team atmosphere that I don't really see at other. We offer, we do things that other agents don't do or don't even think of doing.
0: Yeah. Part of, part of that is um, like staging and that sort of thing, right? Having a, uh, the ability to help.
2: We actually don't stay, we don't actually don't put furniture in houses though. You know that?
0: No, not that way, but a way of what do you do that's different? We, this is what the article in Inman was
2: about. Yeah. But we we help people improve their house to get it to a sellable condition. Perfect. And that's also, it's services that other agents don't offer. I mean, I, there was not, now I got people copycatting me in North Scottsdale. I expected that, but yeah. um, now we've done a hundred of them. It's kind of like, you know, when they're competing against me, they're like, they offer that? Well, we offer that, <laughs> right? Because that's the industry we're in. I don't blame them, but yeah. yeah, so
0: you you do not employ inside sales agents right no I do that's, do you yeah. have some that no we we
2: had hired two now we have one dedicated okay um no we do yeah
0: and that's someone who's just helping you kind of uh, um, qualify and kind of quantify leads that are coming from the website yeah
2: but also and now he's helping get to because we're working we're working a lot on scripting okay and um, he's helping the agents work on because <sighs> the thing is is nobody taught agents this stuff and the, mm-hmm. the world's changing drastically right uh, i heard chris smith say that there was what uh, 4 million leads in 2011 now there's like over 40 million right um,
0: this, is still the, this is where, the same number this of where,
2: <laughs> so. yeah right so the thing is is this is where it's going and that agents are under taught how to convert internet leads but uh, you know, I mean, I'm talking the top agents that come into my office that are considering joining the team because their business is drying up because their people are meeting people over the web before they're even think that they're in the process. But all of a sudden they're writing offers on houses and now they're engaged with this agent and and they're like, you know, that was my, that should, you know, they're I know because if they sold a lot of houses and they don't have
0: a lot of business now, their clients are going somewhere else. Right. Well, it leads to this question, you you have been, you're you're one of the founding fathers, you know, in the Phoenix area of really working hard on content and, and your and your site and having a reason for someone to come to your site and leave their information. But you also have an incredible referral, and I want to call it a referral-based model, where you're after the sale cares through the roof as well. And it seems to me that most agents tend to pick one or the other, but you're doing both well somehow. How does that happen? Yeah.
2: Well, cause I used to interview top agents and i would be like, wow, they do that. Well, Why they? like we could do it all well, but I, what it is, is honestly, my marketplace is not on fire right now. My marketplace is struggling. There's too much supply. Honestly, if my marketplace would be, uh, doing better, like I went to 240 listing appointments last year and only 70, like 85 of those people listed. Because wow. they're underwater, or not underwater. I'm sorry. I call them frozen. Okay. They're not underwater. They, they, but they're they. They saw it worth nine hundred at one point. Now it's worth seven fifty. They owe two hundred. So, but they want nine hundred, right? So, right. here's the thing: is whenever I listen to podcasts about real estate, everybody always talks about how to get business, and they don't talk about how to do a better job for the client. Hmm. And it's kind of disappointing to me because it's there's no pride in you know doing the best job for a client and it's right. it's just uh, but you get more referrals when you do it so um we're into that right versus the all the gimmicky marketing
0: stuff so I smell a seabuck if that answered your question though. No. I smell a seabuck <laughs> podcast in the works. Let me let me ask you this. Um, yeah, right, what, real estate 2020, right? That's where what, we're going to go. I mean what truth? What percentage of your business is referral from referral and what percentage is from your online lead generation activities? You had a, I know your numbers last
2: year. Yeah. Last year we did 38 million in online leads out of 58 million. So we did 20 million in referral business. Okay. Yeah. This is just the, all right. So the way that my team's broken down is, is if I create the lead, it's under my name, right? So we create the lead online, the inside sales cultivates it, it gets sent out to the lead. They talk to the lead, show the lead, but then we bring it back in and we do the, the processing of the transaction. We all provide transaction coordination and then you know, post-sale or whatever, and then the agents also, we coach them and help them grow their business. So the, the portion I'm talking about is the 58 million, which is all the leads that I've created. Of that 38 came from the internet and 20, it's almost 21 came from referral.
0: Well, now you've branched out into creating websites. You talked about this a little bit earlier. You now have a, another business where you're creating websites helping agents with lead generation strategies, kind of teaching them what you've learned over the years. Um, how's that going? Because that's a that's a busy, crowded space, right? There's a lot of people that try and help realtors with with that process. How's it going for you?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know. We got 20 some customers, clients. We help people on the team. Um, I mean, it's a big space. It, the thing is, is, in my opinion, all of the website companies sell the same product. We sell a different product, so nobody's like just like our website is different than everybody else's website out there. They don't website companies. I don't know. I have the unique blend of being a realtor who understands technology, and you know Phil's background. My you know partner in crime has the same background in real estate. And it's just a different look at it. So when website companies are trying to sell real estate, like there's just a, I don't know. I'm really into content and content creation, and there's just other people are not. They they, they can't even, they can't even get their arms around it. I mean, the competitive local competitive landscape of website creators, it's just a. I don't know. Most most website companies create stuff that's thin and value valueless, in my opinion. Right. There's a. Now we're into the big pictures. Everybody wants a big picture and a scroll down and then a search, and they're missing it. I don't. To me, they they're, they're the the industry. I mean, the hard thing is because 75% of the marketplace is you know a website that's under three or four hundred dollars a month, and I guess I mean I try and create websites that are actually going to create buyer and seller leads for agents it's not a business card it's just a different i mean we're trying to teach people the web we're trying to teach them how to hunt and fish i mean it's for 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 uh, I, I refer to the river as the internet and i refer to leads as the, as the salmon so we're just trying to teach people how that's all going to work out because it's the it's the revolution into the new world right we're, so we're I mean, just trying to help people get prepared for it because it's coming faster and faster. And when I heard Chris Smith do that stat, I was like, oh my God, it, you know, it's here and people are unprepared for it. And when I heard him do the conversion code, I mean, that's what we do. It's very similar. Um, I can't wait to meet him someday because it's, it, uh, you know, and that's why he's being massively successful, helping large teams. So um, good for him.
0: We're, we, I've had you over half an hour here. So that's kind of, that's kind of the time limit. Let me, let me ask I'm you. Okay.
1: My... I'm in the car. I'm driving <laughs> to my listening appointment to go talk to these people about how the internet has changed and why he can't get $1.2 million for his house. I mean, the, the, the whole industry is in a massive turmoil, including consumers because they, they cannot grasp the, I mean, there's major trends that are going on in the marketplace currently that are, are changing uh, societal trends that are changing in contrast to what's available in housing. And I don't, I think people are under educated on, uh, what this means and how it affects them, and I see this because of their the blank faces. Like when I go to the North Scottsdale tour, and they're like talking about stuff. I'm like, you guys are you need to get up to speed with this because this is re- reality.
0: Right.
1: Sorry, I know a lot there. No, but. you
0: can. I want you to. I want you to rant whenever you want to rant, Jeff. You know that. And yeah. And go ahead and just leave the phone on the whole time while you're in that listing presentation. That'd be awesome for the audience.
1: No, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Just... No, I'm going, I mean, this is this is real estate 2020 where we're going. I'm going to talk to them about now, you know, we got, you know, we got drone photos. We got everything out there on the house. And now the the consumers are looking at it and saying, wow, that's not what I want. I don't want to come see it. And they were are They're, they're, they're talking to me and they're like, well, why can't you get people to come see it? I'm like, cause they don't like what's in the photo.
0: Right.
1: And that's, you know, if they don't like what's in the photo, guess what? They're not coming to see it, right? It's like online dating. If you don't read the profile and like the photo, you don't go, can I get a date to see if the stuff that I know is wrong? <laughs> All right? I, I, right? Yep. It, it, you know, it's, it's now the thing with two stories It's like, well, I mean, I hear agents, call, you know, at meetings, they're like, I can't get anyone to come see it. I'm like, look at your photos no wonder why it's not just even they got professional photos of a, you know, the kitchen that's 35 years old. Right. Like, and then they go, but my client wants to downsize to a new home. That's 2000 square feet. I'm like, so does everybody else.
0: So you're going to have that conversation in just a couple minutes. So let me ask you my last question. It's the
1: third, it's the third time we've had the conversation. Wow. It's that they don't, wow. I mean, they're, they're, they're wealthy people. They just, they're like, I can't believe it. Like, Somebody offered me one, two five years ago. Can't you get me I thought you said you were good, Jeff. I'm like I'm not that good.
0: Not that
1: can <laughs> not I c I can't I can't get people to pay fifteen percent more for your house. I I don't know. Maybe I mean Leigh could or Lee Brown or she too probably could, but I can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the here's the question you've heard before. I ask everyone the same question. You get one piece of advice that you can give to a new agent or Maybe an agent who's been in the business a couple of years but stuck in a rut. What's what's your one piece of advice?
1: Do a better job of doing
0: your job. So expound on that a little bit. And you'll bit. have a lot
1: and you'll have a lot more business. Because what happens is, is realtors are letting people do their their job. Right? Okay, you know what, sir? If you want to buy if you want to find a new house, go online, find one, tell me if you want to buy and then I'll do it. And then they're wondering why that client is not getting telling their friends and family how great they are. Okay, you just wrote a contract. You didn't find them a house. You didn't work hard to find their house. You didn't like do special things for them involved in the transaction. I mean, we take customer service to a level that is beyond what other realtors even can think of. Like it's not even it's not even close. It's, I mean, I have to take less I have to make less money to provide the level of service that we do. But I'm telling you, we're, you know, and, but what I see at agents is they're willing to give it up because they don't want to work as hard. But what they are is long-term is they're losing their business because of this. When you're stuck in a rut, it's probably because of things that you've done. Also, you know, get better educated on the way that the world is changing and technology is changing the world because, You know, they're like, but I don't understand email or internet or whatever the, you know, I don't understand online leads. You know what? Go to class. Sorry, but it's the truth. I mean, it's um, just like the world's changing. If you don't get on board, it's going to just pass you up. You know, you're going to need to look for a new job.
0: Jeff, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, and I have a feeling after this post next week, you might get a few calls or emails. What's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: If they want coaching, it's two T O O many M A N Y listings, L I S T I N G S dot com. That's our coaching business. If they want a website, go to CBOC dot com, go down, scroll down to the bottom, click on the green button, and we'd love to help you learn how to create leads for yourself on the internet. And if they, you know, if not, they just go to CBOC dot com and call one of the numbers, and my receptionist will put us in touch. So.
0: Well, Jeff, I can't thank you enough for for taking the time out here. I know you had to kind of jump out in the middle and head off to a listing. I really appreciate the time. I really am looking forward to seeing where where you and Phil and your whole team goes in the next few years. It's been super fun to watch it get this far, but uh, continued success as you move forward.
1: Oh, hey, also they can catch me on Twitter at, I think it's at Seabock. S-I-B-D-A-C-H. They can, you can shoot me a tweet there as well. So Or uh, I guess most importantly, go to YouTube and look up Real Estate 2020, our videos, because this is where it's going. Uh, get on board. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Thanks again, Jeff, for joining us on the Real Estate Sessions podcast. We'll include all the links to those sites you mentioned in the show notes at com. And thanks again for listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast and sharing it with your friends. It's how we keep growing. We really appreciate that. And don't forget about Down, Sports Talk and Real Estate with Sean Carpenter and myself every Friday morning. That's now in addition to the Real Estate Sessions interviews that occur every Tuesday. And we appreciate you listening. That's why we're able to continue to grow and add this additional content. So once again, thank you very much and continue writing your own story.
2: You've been listening to the Real Estate Sessions with Bill Risser of Chicago Title Arizona. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And tell your friends about the Real Estate Sessions, as new episodes are published weekly.